Hey there, podcast listeners. Merry Christmas. Uh, just a quick note at the start of this sermon, we have what we call a kid-friendly sermon for our Christmas Day service, which means I spend a little bit of time at the start of the sermon speaking to the children, uh, say five or ten minutes or so, followed by some extra comments for the adults. It seems to work for our congregation. I uh, hope you enjoy. One more thing, we'd love to see you at church, so if you're a local, uh, please do come in sometime in the new year. We're here every Sunday morning, 9.30am. Here's the sermon. Please pray with me. Father, please refresh our appetite for this familiar but rich meal, the story of Jesus come into the world for our salvation and we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Right, I said I was going to do a kid-friendly sermon and that usually means that I step down here and for the first half I talk to the kids. So right, kiddos, we're just going to dive straight in now, straight into the story, Uh, follow along, read with me, those of you who are able to, Matthew chapter 2 verse 1, here we go. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, ah, King Herod, so this is a story about two kings, not just one, King Jesus and King Herod, there we go, good, yes. During the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. Anyone know anything about Magi? What do we normally call the Magi? Three kings, we three kings of Orient. What else do we call them? Someone, wise men, someone said it, the first person to say it was too old for the category, sorry. What do we actually know about Magi? Well, actually, not very much. We don't particularly know that they were wise. We don't particularly know even that they were kings. Uh, You see, Magi, it's it's this weird word that we don't use very often. It's these foreign priest characters, it seems. And they got it into their heads that they could stare at the stars, look into the heavens and find messages from God, I guess, about important events, special things happening in the world. Sounds crazy if you ask me. Anyway, it worked out this time for them, doesn't it? Because keep going, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and they asked, where's the one who's been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and we've come to worship him. Now, have you got the scene there? So you've got Jerusalem and these Magi come in and they're just asking. In fact, it doesn't even seem that they've made it to King Herod yet, does it? They've just sort of wandered in and they're scruffing people. Hey, We've heard about Jesus. Can you tell us where to find him? Hey, can you tell us? We need to find out where to find Jesus. They haven't even made it to Herod yet. I've moved too far, haven't I, Hans? Or have I disconnected myself a bit? Look out, it's trouble. I got excited. All right, Pierre, I'll settle down. Very well. Back behind the pulpit for me. Uh, no. But sooner or later, Herod got the message, didn't he? Have a look there. When King Herod heard this, He was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. What is disturbed? That's an odd word, isn't it? What does disturbed mean, kids? Disturbed, yep. Right, you kind of knocked off what you kind of, you know, you're bothered by this. Yeah, so you're kind of thrown off kilter a little bit. You're bothered, you're disturbed, this news. You know what I think it was? I think for Herod, he's thinking... What a hassle. A new king? This is just, I'm the king. This is a headache for me. 
a new king. Now, hold on to that thought, kids, because for some in this world, Jesus is nothing more than a hassle and a headache, sad to say. We'll come back to that. Keep going, though. Herod, he may have been upset about it, but he, uh, he wanted the facts. And so, when Herod had called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. And then, then they read a little bit of the Old Testament Bible. They didn't have the New Testament, did they? It hadn't been written yet. But they had the Old Testament just like us, so they read this bit. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Wow! So get this, right? Get this. So... First, Herod had this bunch of, I don't know, kind of crazy guys come to his city and ask about this new king from God that the heavens had told them about. And then he had his own experts telling him, yep, we know about him, we know where he's going to be born, but he doesn't have to take their word for it because thirdly, he's got the Bible, it's in the Bible, Herod. The Magi, the experts, it's in the Bible. So what's Herod going to do? Well, he's going to drop everything, isn't he? He's going to run to find that baby in Bethlehem, born to be king. Perhaps he's there, perhaps they're right. Is that what he's going to do? Drop everything. Let's go and find this child. Let's go and see this plan of God unfolding before my very eyes. Is that what he's going to do? No. Verse 7, Jesus was not the heart of Christmas for Herod. Jesus was just a headache. So, verse 7, then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem. Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. You know what? He didn't want to worship Jesus. He wanted there to be no Jesus, if you're paying attention in the last reading that we just had. So he lied and he planned and he schemed and he sent them instead. He didn't bother going himself, did he? Well, I'll tell you what, this passage isn't just about Herod, is it? It's about those magi. I tell you what, have a look at those guys. Because they have trekked for goodness knows how long across the known world... But they must have been the happiest guys going around. We'll we'll finish the reading off. After they had heard King Herod, after they'd heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child. Hang on, who's the child? Jesus, right, there he is. On coming to the house, they saw the child and his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him and then they opened their treasures, their treasures, they had treasures, and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. Just imagine giving someone gold. Imagine having gold for a start. Like, actually, imagine having gold for a start. And then imagine giving that to someone, not because dad said you had to, not because they said that you had to, although they were taking it from. Imagine giving someone gold because you love them, you're delighted that they're there. This is wonderful. I want to give you gold. I'm talking about gold. I'd love to be able to do that. 
they were overjoyed. Uh, verse 12, let's finish it off. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Kids, here's the thing. Sad to say, there are a lot of people in this world like Herod, some people and even some kids actually that I've met, they reckon Jesus is a hassle. They reckon church is a drag and they reckon having Jesus as the king in your life, ah, it's only going to cause you headaches, you see. In fact, maybe even we feel a little bit of that within ourselves, I suspect, sometimes. But in fact, today, I just want to say, be like the Magi in this story. Be like the Magi in this story. Make Jesus the heart of your Christmas Uh, And and by that, I mean, have your fun. Yes, absolutely. This is a day to celebrate, isn't it? Uh, Have your fun. Enjoy the food. Enjoy the cousins. Enjoy the presents, of course. Enjoy time with with the grandparents and the the, the treats that always seem to come with grandparents, much to the chagrin of parents. Anyway, um, and, and make Jesus the heart of it all. Won't you do that today? So lastly, for you kids, I've got three ideas about how to make Jesus the heart of your Christmas today. Three quick ideas. The first one, number one, really simple, say thanks. Actually take the time to say thank you to God for all of the things that you've been able to enjoy today and all of the things that you get, all of the things that you have fun in and especially the greatest, greatest gift that He's given us, the Lord Jesus. If you've got nothing else today but you've got Jesus, you're still the richest person in the world. Say thanks to Jesus, uh, firstly. Secondly, remember who's the boss today? It's a story of a king, isn't it? It's a story of a king. Christmas is about King Jesus. And even though Herod didn't want a king, this is saying, no, I'm not the king of my life. Jesus is the king from heaven for my life. He is my ruler, the shepherd to lead God's people, the loving leader of all of God's people. So, and we know that Jesus calls on us to do what's best, not just what's easy. He calls on us to share and be generous and not just greedy. He calls on us to keep our heads and not get carried away. So remember who's boss today, say thanks. But thirdly, lastly, it's it's in this verse, I really love that verse, maybe you could remember this one today. They bowed down and worshipped Him and then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. Yet we've got to remember, Jesus is the biggest gift to us. And yet it does show something about our heart, what we do with the gifts that have been given from God to us. That verse reminds me that how I use my treasures matters to God. Will I use them all for me? Will I keep them all for me? Or can I somehow share even my treasures today to show that Jesus is the heart of my Christmas? There's a few thoughts to leave you with. May I pray with you? And then I've got a few things to say to the grown-ups particularly. Please join with me in prayer. It might help to... Hands together and eyes closed. It might help us to concentrate. God in heaven, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for Christmas. Thank you for King Jesus Thank you that he is a great king for all kinds of people from all over the world. Lord God, we confess that there are times in our lives when we're tempted to make Jesus out to be a bit of a hassle and inconvenience. God, please forgive us for that in Christ's name and change us, please. 
may we learn to make a much bigger deal of Jesus than we do of ourselves, a much bigger deal of Him, for He's worthy of our very best and all of our treasures. In fact, He's worthy of a whole lot more than that. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, grown-ups, I do just have a couple of things to set before us. Uh, Can I take, I mean, we've seen the heart of this message, I think, but I just want to extend in two little areas, two little areas, what we've seen. Um, I read this, uh, I read this little quote to some of you recently from Rico Tice. In fact, it's in that book, if you happen to take one up. Uh, He said this, he said, to borrow from Charles Dickens, Christmas is both the best of times and the worst of times. It is a time of joy and loneliness, of excitement and despair, often within the same family, and this is the bit, this is the the very last little bit, and even in the same heart. Can you relate to that? Joy and loneliness, excitement and despair, even in the same heart. Um, Here's the thought that I I guess I want to leave us with. I reckon in every one of us, there's a bit of Magi and there's a bit of Herod, even today. That is to say, I reckon there's a part of us that, yep, it holds Jesus to be the heart and the soul of our Christmas. He is the heartbeat of it. He is the, 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 the joy. He is the substance. He's the thing that holds us together when everything seems to fall apart and that probably will happen once or twice today while at the very same time, just peeking through perhaps, or perhaps a little bit more obvious, he's a hassle to us, to our plans, to our schedule, to our way of doing Christmas or celebrating, to what we, the way that we want to let our hair down, you see? So just quickly, Herod, may I share uh, the verse with you that, that really gets me in this passage? See, I find Herod equal parts completely understandable, right? He, he was king in Jerusalem and he had some pretender, he would think, some rival king, a completely understandable on the one hand, but on the other hand, flabbergasting stupidity from Herod, isn't it? Isn't it absolutely dumbfoundingly poor judgment? Yeah, put it together with me from verse 2, magi from the east, complete unknowns, come to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? Out of nowhere, right? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. There's that. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, all Jerusalem with him. Uh, When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. So he had them as well. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written and on it goes to quote the Bible. So for Herod, as I said to the kids... Jesus was this unwelcome headache. He was this intrusion into his peace and his stability what he wanted to do. But here's what stops me in my tracks. Stack it up with me. Priests turning up on his doorsteps, having travelled the globe looking for God's promised king. Advisors who presumably he trusted, telling him where to go and find the king. And it's, you don't have to take it from us, it's in your Bible, Herod. Do you see what I mean? What this amounts to is if, if he does, if they do go and find a king, someone born to be king, a special promised king there in Bethlehem, then whoa, Herod, you have got a front row seat in God's plans for the world unfolding right there. Do you see? Right there in front of you. You just happen to be there at the moment when God came to the party, Herod. And contrast that with the Magi. Field and fountain, moor and mountain, following yonder star, with no background 
with God or with the Bible, no knowledge of his scriptures, they just catch a whiff of this Jesus. Just a whiff. And verse 10, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed on coming to the house. They saw the child with his mother, Mary. They bowed down, worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and all the rest. Look, brothers and sisters, friends among us today, visitors with us, can I leave you with a challenge this Christmas? I reckon there's Herod in each one of us, a Herod who resists, uh, who finds him a hassle and a headache. And I want to say, I believe, and I think this Christmas story shows that there is real joy in making Jesus the heart of your Christmas and the heart of your life. So here's my challenge. How about this year, this very next year, how about you give Herod the flick and you start over with Jesus? That's my challenge for you. May I pray with you? And then we're nearly done. Please pray with me. Father in heaven, our almighty God, thank you for this this crazy news that the God of heaven came to the lowest on earth. Father, we pray for those whose joy has ebbed away or who, for whatever reason, have never quite found Jesus to be much more than a hassle and a headache. Father, may the year ahead be a new year indeed for all of us. May we experience a refreshed wonder and joy at Jesus, at his love for us, and even at his lordship in our lives. May he have our hearts and be the heart of our lives, we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.